Welcome to the Word of God with Father Reed Henserling at All Saints Episcopal Church in Lakeland, Florida. To this, this week, we are working from Proper 28, Proper 28. Now, there are two more Propers, Proper 28 and 29. Proper 29 is the last Sunday after Pentecost, and the numbers after Pentecost change. And you notice I haven't given you the number of weeks after Pentecost. They change according to when Pentecost is and the date, because that's a floating date. And so what we're working off is a proper number in your prayer book under the lectionary readings, under the daily readings. After we finish proper 29, which is Christ the King Sunday, which is the last Sunday after Pentecost, we go to Advent. Now, Advent will have four weeks, Advent 1, 2, 3, and 4, and then after for Advent, we'll have Christmas Day, the Nativity of our Lord Jesus Christ, obviously his birth, and then we may have one or two weeks after Christmas Day is the way that's titled, and then we will begin with Epiphany. So, this week we are going to be looking at the three books. We are going to be looking at Habakkuk. We looked at Joel last week. We're going to continue our study of James, and we will continue our study of Luke. So, let's go to Habakkuk. Habakkuk is a, or Habakkuk, some people say Habakkuk. Habakkuk, I say Habakkuk. Habakkuk is a Old Testament prophet. He is one of the minor prophets. There are 12 minor prophets. Hosea to Malachi, the last 12 books of the Old Testament, 39 books, 39 books. And Habakkuk has, is wonderful. Uh, there's only three chapters, short, minor prophet. And we are going to be looking at Habakkuk and Malachi. And, of course, Malachi finishes it off. About what year is this? About 400 B.C., about 400 B.C. And remember, God did not speak through the Scriptures for about 400 years until the coming of John the Baptist in Luke chapter 1. And um, chapter 1 and 2, we see the birth of Jesus, Matthew chapter 1. No birth of Jesus in Mark and John. So God is silent after the book of, Habak- uh, after the book of Malachi. We're going to look at uh, Habakkuk 1, 2, and 3, which is Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Now, there's some real concerning things going on in Habakkuk. O Lord, verse 2, how long shall I cry for help, and you will not hear, chapter 1, verse 2, or cry to you violence, and you will not save. So there are things happening in Israel. The people are crying out for help, and God is not answering. Now, I bet that's happened to you many, many, many times in your life. It certainly happened to me. God, what are you doing? Where are you? I need help. You're not helping me. I'm not seeing any answers. What are you doing? Why do you make me see iniquity? Verse 3. Why do you idly look at wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. So the law is paralyzed and justice never goes forth. There's some bad things happening, Lord. Why aren't you helping us? 
For the wicked surround the righteous, so justice goes forth perverted. Lord, we're not getting just action. The laws are being perverted. Your people are being taken advantage of. Why aren't you helping us? And the Lord answers. Look among, among the nations and see. Look among the nations and see. Wonder and be astounded. I'm doing a work in your days that you would not believe it if told. I am raising up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation, who march through the breadth of the earth to seize dwellings not their own. They are dreaded and fearsome. Their justice and dignity go forth from themselves. And he goes on and on. And basically what God is saying is, I am raising up the Chaldeans, which were the Babylonians, and the Babylonians are going to deal with you in a very negative way. I am raising up an evil power to work against you. That's what God is doing. That's his answer, believe it or not. And then Habakkuk says in verse 12, Are you not from everlasting? O Lord, my God, my Holy One, we shall not die. O Lord, you have ordained them as judgment. And you, O rock, have established them for reproof. You who are of purer eyes than to see evil and cannot look at wrong, why do you idly look at traitors and remain silent when the wicked swallows up the man more righteous than he? What are you doing, Lord? You're doing things I can't imagine. Why are you against us? And so in chapter 2, he says, I will take my stand again at my watch post and station myself on the tower and look to see what he will say to me and what I will answer concerning my complaint. And the Lord said, here's the Lord again, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. The vision is coming. What I'm getting ready to show you is going to happen. It seems, if it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Folks, we've got to be patient sometimes. We've got to wait on the Lord. You've got to, you've got to trust him. He may not give you an instantaneous microwave answer. We've got to be patient and wait upon the Lord. And then the famous fourth verse of Habakkuk, chapter 2. Behold, his soul is puffed up. It is, is it, it is not upright within him, but the righteous will live by his faith. And so, folks, we are to live by faith. This is a, a very important and profound doctrine of the Old and New Testament of the Christian faith. We are to live by faith. We are to trust the Lord. We are to put our hope in him. Whatever is going around us, it may seem ominous, it may seem perilous, it may seem terrible. The Lord is with us, and so we must trust him. And so, in the second half of chapter 2, he talks about, woe to the Chaldeans, the Babylonians. And so, he promises to judge them. And he pronounces woes upon them. And it makes me think of Luke, not Matthew, when Jesus casts woe upon people. Uh, it's, um, it's very strong in Luke about that. Chapter 3. A prayer of Habakkuk the prophet according to Shiganoeth. O Lord, I have heard the report of you, and your work, O Lord, do I fear. In the midst of the years revive it. In the midst of the years make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. 
in wrath, remember mercy. So as God judges each one of us who deserve his wrath because of our sin against him, Lord, be merciful. Do not be just. Remember, we want mercy. And greater than mercy, grace. We want our sins to be forgiven. We want God to make us pure, to make us whole. And so he prays for God to be merciful, to be loving. And so enjoy reading Habakkuk chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3. But I got to read the last several verses. Three verses. They are fabulous. Though the fig tree should not blossom, 317, nor fruit, fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there will be no herd in the stalls. That basically means we have not enough food to eat. We are not taking the, we have no meat to eat. We are in very, very serious trouble. Yet, I will rejoice in the Lord, verse 18. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. The Lord is our strength. The Lord will take care of us. He makes us tread on high places. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord who saves us. Now that is not an easy thing to say when things aren't going well. Habakkuk, a great, great book. Malachi, Wednesday to Saturday, Malachi, the book of Malachi, from Wednesday to Saturday. And let's briefly look at Malachi. The Malachi is the last book of the Bible after Zechariah. And we will look at Zechariah next week. Malachi chapter 1. The oracle of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. So he's saying the word of the Lord and he's speaking to Israel. And he talks about the priests' polluted offerings in from 6 to 11. That the priests, those people that he has raised up to lead the people, are polluted. This is why the minister who leads congregations are so important. To be holy before the Lord. To be righteous before the Lord. To be right before the Lord. And then in chapter 2, he rebukes the priests. Oh, and now, O priest, this command is for you, verse 1. If you will not listen, if you will not take it to heart to give honor to my name, says the Lord of hosts, then I will send the curse upon you, and I will curse your blessings. Indeed, I have already cursed them, because you did not lay it to heart. So God is expecting his leaders to be faithful to him, to love him, to honor him, to bless him, to listen to him, to keep his covenant, to fear the Lord, to love the Lord. So please enjoy the book of Malachi, chapter 2. Chapter 3. Behold, I will send my messenger, chapter 3, verse 1, and he will prepare the way before me. That sounds like John the Baptist to me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, and the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming, and who can stand when he appears? He will be like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. And he goes on and on. It's very beautiful, very beautiful language. Very beautiful language. 
And then we have 313 to 46 about the word of the Lord, about fearing the Lord. And finally, at the end of the book, the great day of the Lord. For behold, the day is coming, chapter 4, verse 1, burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and all evildoers will be stubble. The day that is coming has set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. But for you who fear my name, remember the fear of the Lord, the sun of righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. You shall go out leaping like calves from the stall, and you shall tread down the wicked, for they will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I will act, says the Lord of hosts. Remember the law of my servant Moses, the statutes and the rules that I commanded him at Oreb for all Israel. And then watch this in 5 and 6. Here's the end. Here's the end of the Old Testament. Behold, I send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes, and he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. Beautiful language. And of course, this is the coming of John that Jesus makes reference to. Enjoy Habakkuk and Malachi. Read slowly, read well. In the book of James, we said that last week that James was the half-brother of Jesus, and he's got this wonderfully practical um, text that he shares with us. In chapter 2, 14 to 26, the very, very famous, faith without works is dead. What good is it, brothers, chapter 2, verse 14, if someone says he has faith but does not have works, can his faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to him, go in peace, be warm and filled, without giving him the things needed for the body, what good is that? So that faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. So your faith and mine, remember, the just shall live by faith, Habakkuk 2.4, B, to be precise. Without faith, there are no works that are good before the Lord. If your faith is strong in the Lord, you will produce good works. You will produce good works. In chapter 3, we have the taming of the tongue. I could read this every day of my life. Probably should. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. I've always memorized that since I'm a teacher. James 3.1, great strictness, great strictness. We all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to bridle his own body. If we put bits in the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we will guide their whole bodies as well. How great a forest set ablaze by such a small fire. This tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. So, in chapter 2, we have faith without works is dead. In chapter 3, we have the dealing in the scriptures of the tongue. Be very careful, people. Be very careful. Chapter 4, Wednesday. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war against you? Again, 
The book of James is wonderful, five chapters, easy to read, very practical, very much like Proverbs, very easy to read, not difficult at all. Boasting, today or tomorrow, come now you who say, today or tomorrow we will go into such and such and such a town and spend a day here and trade and make a profit, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. And so he says quite existentially, what is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So, whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him, for her, it is sin. Again, beautiful, beautifully written. And then we have the last chapters on Friday and Saturday, the fifth chapter, Warning to the Rich. So this is about sharing. This is about helping others. This is about realizing all the blessings that God has given you to share with others. Then he talks about patience. And then he talks about faith. He talks about praying for others. He talks about praying for the sick. He talks about healing. Again, a wonderful series of chapters, five again included, that give us practical application to our relationship with the Lord. A very, very powerful text. You could think about your whole life. You could think about Habakkuk your whole life. And there's wonderful parts of Malachi that are the same. Impossible to overestimate the importance of the Scriptures. And so we go to Luke chapter 16, Verse 19 to 31, the rich man and Lazarus. I love the rich man and Lazarus because the rich man would not help the poor man, and the poor man goes to Abraham's bosom, and the rich man does not. He goes to the other place. And a great chasm has been fixed, so you not be able to pass, and none may cross from there to us. Then he said, this is the rich man. I beg you, Father, to send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they come into this place of torment. This is the rich man talking to Abraham. He did not act in such a way as to deserve to go to heaven. Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. I've already told them. They have Moses. They have the prophets. They have the law. No, Father Abraham, he replied. But if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to him, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. You think to yourself, Oh, they're going to respond if someone rises from the dead. And of course, someone did, Jesus. But not everyone believes. In chapter 17, we look at temptations to sin. Unworthy servants, another beautiful scripture. This is Jesus sharing again. He's teaching us. Boy, the teachings of Jesus are fabulous. Talks about the coming of the kingdom of God. His coming. Again, very, very, very powerful scriptures from Monday to Thursday in the 17th chapter. The kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed. Nor will they say, look, here it is, or there, behold. The kingdom of God is in the midst of you. So Jesus brings in the kingdom. 
He brings in the kingdom, and they need to listen to the Lord Jesus as he proclaims the kingdom. And he gives us wisdom about it. Again, this is why your reading of the scriptures is so important. In chapter 18, we have the parable of the persistent widow. They keep asking, ask, 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 ask. When you pray, ask, ask, ask. Ask the Lord. Be perseverant. Be steadfast. Be patient, as I said earlier. Wait for the Lord. Listen to his word. Desire to hear his word. Finally, the Pharisee and the tax collector. Well, it's so easy to be the Pharisee. We're all the Pharisee in some way. In some ways, too, it's plural. We do the right thing and we think we're better than other people. I fast twice a week. I give the tithe of all I get. But the tax collector standing far off, the despised one, the tax collector. The righteous one, the, the Pharisee. The tax collector would not even lift his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Jesus says, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other, the Pharisee. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. But the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Humility before the Lord is crucial in this life. It is crucial to humble ourselves before God so that he can raise us up. Always be sorry for your sins and repent. That was the problem in Malachi with the priests, by the way. Enjoy your reading this week. Again, beautiful chapters, beautiful books of the Bible. Habakkuk, Malachi, James, and Luke. Lord God, bless your people as they read your word. Give us wisdom and guidance and understanding as we read it. Revelation and the power of the Holy Spirit to accomplish your word. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Look forward to seeing you next week for the Word of God.